This is GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly podcast about gaming, technology, and play. Your hosts are Michael Martin, Andy Piper, and Michael Rowe. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone and are not the opinions of any organization which they have been, are, or may be affiliated with. This is episode 447, 23 and Games. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly technology podcast, technology and gaming podcast. My name is Andy Piper, and welcome to 2024. This episode hopefully is going out to the podcast feed uh, at the very beginning, 1st of January 2024. So we are going to spend this whole episode looking back at the DNA of 2023 in games. Woohoo! With me is my good friend, Mr. Michael Rowe. Michael, how are you? How was your Christmas week? I, I, I am doing well, and we had a really relaxing time. And the good news is, in going back to our DNA, I played way too many games, and I continue to play too, way too many games as things are going. Matter of fact, Excellent. probably tonight I will spend a few more hours playing one of the games. <laughs> Fine. Because well, you can't just play for like 15 minutes. It's not a dip in and dip out. It's, it's, I look up and it's like, oh crap, it's midnight. <laughs> yeah, I know the one you're talking about. So let's just explain a little bit, set the scene up. First of all, uh, Michael Martin is not with us this week, but will be joining us and making 2024 our rockingest year yet as a yes. podcasting trio. Uh, we thought we'd, we, we got a bunch of links as we always do at the top of the show and we were talking through them and I just said, you know what, we've been talking a lot about games recently. We've had a week of with our families and therefore ignoring them and playing games instead. Yes. Um, <laughs> and um, and we have games in the title of the show. So let's maybe let's talk, talk a little games. bit about games for, for a little bit and talk about what a novel what idea we both enjoyed in the last, really in the last 12 months. I mean, I, 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 there'll, be, there'll be some look back beyond that just for fun and, and, and reference, but... Uh, we wanted to spend some time this episode fully diving in on gaming uh, technology and gaming, indeed, perhaps uh, before technology. Uh, <laughs> so where do you want to start, Michael? We, we, we've written down a list of things here, and there's a few things I'd love to talk about just because they're things I've done this, this year. But uh, what about yourself? Where, where should we start? Well, um, so I... St- Started playing games. I mean, seriously playing games uh, uh, a few decades ago, <laughs> and uh, I was I was actually trading an email with a good friend of mine that I hadn't talked to in a while, I hadn't seen in a while, um, who is an author, and uh, he goes, "I found one of the original AD and D adventures online," and I was like. Oh, which one? And, and he, he mentioned the one. And I was like, oh, man, I, I think somewhere in, in my files, I have that that physical piece of paper. Um, and I said, can you send me the link? And, of course, you know, we're all guilty of this, I think, or most of us are guilty of this, of, of skimming emails uh, because he had actually spelled out exactly where he got it uh, uh-huh. in the original email saying he found it on the Internet Archive. 
Uh-huh. And so I I I dug around and found it on the internet archive uh and and decided Oh my God, this is too cool because not only did uh, they have this original one, and I'm trying to find the the one, uh, Slave Pits of the Undercity, uh, which was one of the original modules. Yep. And as well as Expedition to the Barrier Peaks. Those were the two that he found. And... And so these are original advanced Dungeons and Dragons. So this is Dungeons and Dragons in version two, uh, 1978 to 83, 84 timeframe. Um, and the really cool thing about Expedition to the Barrier Peaks was your party of, you know, adventurers stumble onto a crashed spaceship okay. in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. And that reminded me of the original white book set that I had that was like Dungeons and Dragons as a gaming set wasn't about just Dungeons and Dragons. It was a gaming system that would work for any time frame, any genre. It just, everybody liked Dungeons and Dragons and Knights and Wizards, etc. And it kind of honed in on that. So yeah. Expedition into the Barrier Peaks was was really cool as a way of exposing you to how this game's environment can be used for other sets. And so I, I then found the link on the Internet Archive <laughs> and, and because I like to collect things. Right. Uh, and, and I have many of these in physical media tucked away in various files and things in the attic and etc., and I downloaded the entire set of 115 different modules and books <laughs> to basically spend my time walking down memory lane, looking at advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which I just thought was way, way cool. There we go. So my first love um, in games, uh, board gaming, gaming, tabletop gaming was uh, Warhammer, um, particularly the 40K, the sci-fi uh, sort of genre piece of it. Uh, and one of my, my the first job I did um, when I was at school before I was of age to be sort of formally employed um, was I did a Saturday job at Games Workshop, uh, the local Games Workshop store in Portsmouth where I was going to school, and I got paid a pittance, but I was just kind of a, a t-boy. But it didn't matter because you got to play it. this, right? Right, <laughs> it was great. Um, so I'm I was super into the uh, the. Um, the Pick Your Own Adventure uh, novels uh, and uh, the Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston Pick Your Own Adventure novels, Choose Your Own Adventure novels and Games Workshop stuff. Um, I never really got hard into RPG D&D. I was very familiar with with the concept and all of the, you know, so much overlap in that sci-fi fantasy tabletop yeah, gaming yeah. space. Um, and, and I was looking just before the show we started recording, you were showing me your, your physical copies of these digital things and this digital <laughs> uh, treasure trove of stuff. I'm I'm curious, especially with copyright and all the other kinds of things, what our friends at Wizards of the Coast will be uh, thinking. Uh, of, well, of the I'm stuff. sure it they're big listeners of our show. Worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it makes me sad to think about, you know, I, I, it's, I'm sure if we were doing a regular show, we would talk more about this, the, um, the public domaining of new content in 2024. Um, there's been a lot of stuff written recently by Cory Doctorow and others about what's coming into public domain, and of course it's the the Mickey Mouse year. But, but let's not let's not spend too long, too long on that. I'm just curious, thinking about 
that in relation to the Internet Archive. And it would be a shame if um, this stuff wasn't available uh, as uh, uh, as um, materials to, to geek out over. Well, 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 that's why I downloaded it first. Because as soon as right. I figured if I could find it, they're they're coming on my machine too. <laughs> like I said, I physically own them, uh, coming at least me. many of them. The three, uh, one of the things that I had forgotten existed, which was in here, which was so cool, was the uh, Adventures for a Single Player, which were basically books that yeah. were kind of like choose your own adventure books. Yeah. In the D and D universe. Yeah. Uh, and which I had forgotten all about, which is, which is way cool. Um, and then the other thing, uh, that, that, that just amazed me by this was how much of this content I can almost draw a straight line to various adventures and dungeons and instances in World of Warcraft. Right. Like the whole thing with the drow, uh, there's a whole thing of dark elves in World of Warcraft now that matches verbatim. Uh, I mean, there's so many aspects that just explain to me why I love World of Warcraft so much. And especially over the last year with all the expansions that they did with the dragon flying uh, and, and what they've done with that. It just, it feeds the love that I originally got with these rules of AD and D back in the day. You know, I, Whilst we're geeking out over some of the past stuff, let's before and before we Talk move on new. to to the meat, <laughs> uh, st- uh, let's 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 just um let's just shift things around a little here. So something I found <laughs> this week that we were going to talk about on the show was uh this uh classic boxes uh website. I love it. I'm trying to remember the name of the website. I'm going to find it as we talk. Uh, so somebody has basically created a catalog. Uh, is it Big Box Collection? Big Box Collection. Uh, is the website bigboxcollection.com, and it's I think um, a labor of love of this single person who's yeah. basically gone back through all of the original when games when video games used to come in, especially for PC, in these big boxes, big cardboard boxes with all of this extra material, and he's gone through his own collection as I understand it, and uh, scanned in all of this content material. Uh, and you can, uh, I've got myself stuck so that it's zooming in and out on the box instead of letting me scroll up and down the page. Um, <laughs> but uh, Well, if you click on the, on the hamburger menu on the top left, you can actually yeah, go to the it. collection back, itself and find so, stuff. You know, he's got, he's got Syndicate, the original Syndicate. That was a game that my brother and I that used to love playing. Uh, he's got all of these things. And you can scroll down the page. It will tell you about the box, what media came in it, uh, what's in the box, pictures of what was in there, the the, the manual the t- oh, yeah. screenshots of the title screen, all this kind of stuff. Fantastic. Relatedly, it's a, a bigboxcollection.com is, is worth having a look. But relatedly as well, uh, something that I've been playing with in the last month or so is dosdeck.com, which is yes. essentially letting you play a bunch of classic DOS games um, in in the browser through WebAssembly. Uh, so it can basically run an entire... Uh, DOS VM uh, using the WebAssembly technology in the browser now, and so you can go there and click on the screenshots or the sorry the the t- cover shots of so let's say the original Lemmings uh, through to that. I installed this as a tile on my Steam Deck. Um, there's a few steps you've got to jump through, but it was fairly straightforward. And uh, yeah, absolutely super fun. These are not licensed games; these are demos and things or, or yeah. stuff that is public domain already. Um, but really reliving some of those uh, 
So those classic game feels, uh, and it comes right back to that sort of uh, physical media we had with the D and D rule books and the uh, and the choose your own adventure games. Uh, right. Loving it. Glad that we're not there anymore to some extent, but also uh, really, I well, uh, you see, I always say that we, you and I, in our age groups have lived through the best period in human exactly. history because we have lived through the transition from analog to digital and you can never live through that moment again. in time again you you, the, you know new new humans today are born to a world where both things exist and there is a trend towards digital and there is no understanding of what it was like before digital um well so i, I love it well, this actually feeds really well into uh, how we ended the show last week uh, on your special Christmas, edi- Christmas edition, uh, where where Michael and I were talking about physical LPs and vinyl right. records. Yes, uh, and and for Christmas this year, I got a new collection of vinyl records uh, oh, wow. that I immediately ripped to digital, which is what I do. Uh, I saw I like you keep them post pristine. about that. You said I'm uh, uh, today. I'm going to be spending all day digitizing my entire music collection, and I thought that's a lot. No, because I've done that over that, the years. Right. Okay. Yeah, but but what was interesting on on the 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 big boxes site, right? Uh, I actually have a large bin in the attic of my big boxes. <laughs> oh right! Wow. So so I was looking at those like I've got that one, I've got that one, and I had forgotten what was in the box. Which so I love the site, very very cool. I'm so glad you found it, and I have spent uh, way too much time looking around on it. <laughs> So let's talk about games this year, uh, yes. and in particular the game uh, that everyone has talked about this year, and that both you and I have now played. Uh, yes, I played it a little bit. Uh, I told a story earlier in the year about a friend of mine who got a Steam Deck uh, during the year, and then asked me to help her upgrade it uh, storage because the game of the year uh, that she got the Steam Deck for and the uh, wouldn't fit uh, on the small, <laughs> small storage. Uh, so we're talking about Baldur's Gate 3. Now, I played yes. the original Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 um, 20 years ago when they came out. Yeah. Loved them. Um, was excited about Baldur's Gate 3. It's had a very long history over the last six, seven years of, of development. Um, seems to, you know, not hit the hit the ball out of the park, as you all say over there in, in baseball land. Uh, Michael's holding up to me now. Baldur's Gate 2, Shadows of uh, of, of a it looks like Shadows of Amy, but it can't be. Uh, and I forget what the it's actual... Shadows of or Amon. 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 A-M-N. This is uh, the... CD. CD. CD-ROM. Disc 1. CD-ROM. Disc 1 that you have to put in your machine to play the game. To play the game. There we go. Uh, so you've just recently... I, I started playing it, and then I got distracted and went off playing other things and haven't really fully got back into it. You've just got into it, and you, you, you've been telling us that you you're you're lost and abandoned in somewhere in. I, uh, in I'm forgotten cursed, rooms, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so when this came out earlier this year, I saw a special on Steam, and mm-hmm. I re-downloaded via Steam Baldur's Gate and all of its expansions, Baldur's Gate Two. I did the same thing. Uh, and uh, including Neverwinter Nights, yeah. et cetera, right? Uh, some of the Sword Coast, et cetera, all of those. So I immediately expanded my my Steam collection of that. 
yeah. and I dipped into them, and the the translation to those games on modern equipment I found very jarring and problematic and frustrating. Okay, okay. So I didn't replay them, but then. For Christmas, I got Baldur's Gate 3. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I have lost multiple days already to this game because it is amazing. I now understand all the hype. Yeah. The graphics are phenomenal. The 108 gigabyte download. <laughs> so I was, was reading was one it. of those, uh, what no one ever tells you um, kind of stories, you know, if it's not a listicle, you know, a hundred th- or 10 things you should know kind of, or 10 best blahs. It was yeah. one of these kind of like stuff you stuff. They'll never tell you kind of, you know, click, click baity titles. Uh, and it was particularly about combat and it was particularly talking about the fact that it's Dungeons and Dragons. So yes, you need to have an understanding of the fact because the Baldur's Gate three doesn't handhold you. Nope. Uh, so unless you know a little bit about uh, how, combat works in D&D, um, you're not going to necessarily get the most out of the game. So, for example, if you cast an elemental ice spell on some something and it causes loads of damage and then the next thing you do is cast an elemental fire spell on the same thing, then it's just going to become a puddle of water and not be very effective, right? Yes. It makes sense in physics as well as in gaming sense. But, you know, if you're not, it doesn't give you any guidance. It doesn't say... That was a bad idea. If you play Pokemon, there is an element of elemental kind of uh, experience in that game as well, in those games as well. But it will typically tell you your attack wasn't very effective if you're doing something wrong, right? Uh, yeah. Baldur's Gate doesn't tell you that. Um, and and, and really World that. of Warcraft just ignores physics altogether. Yeah. You do a fireball and then you hit with an ice storm and everything's fine. <laughs> so I was, you know, I was thinking, oh, I really need to get back to this. But I have been playing a bunch of other games and I'll come back to them in a minute. But yeah, I'd love to... Do you, want to, do you want to go deeper on Baldur's Gate 3? What, 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 I, I what won't go you, too deep because it is the game of the year. Uh, right. uh, but the things... So I, I bought it on my Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I upgraded my Mac to a Mac Studio this year with uh, the Mac Studio display. Um, and I'm going to merge this with a World of Warcraft check-in. Okay. Uh, one of the things at World of Warcraft I've noticed on the high-end Mac with the high-end display is I can see tearing now in oh, some okay. of the 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 seams in large world spaces like on mountainsides mm-hmm. etc okay but in Baldur's Gate it is flawless i i am amazed at the graphics quality uh yeah it's still a little bit of that i won't even say uncanny valley i'll i'll say uh the the characters are still a little bit computery right but they've done a, a phenomenal job on voice acting they've done a phenomenal job on the art style, on blending turn-based and non-turn-based action, right? Uh, talking about dun- uh, AD&D or Dungeons & Dragons combat system, right? It's turn-based. Uh, and, right. and you really get to think through that instead of World of Warcraft, which is hack and slash, right? Uh, <laughs> um, and so I, the thing that I like is um, the, the path of the adventure... I am, I'm trying with a very mindset, a very specific mindset of how I'm playing it, and I'm finding that some of the ethical decisions, trying to be consistent, I'm actually being inconsistent at times. And right. so I, I, was, I was hoping in this one stage of the adventure where you decide, do you want to take advantage of the current situation to help you in the long run? 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Or do you want to attack in that situation, probably get your butt kicked? Uh, You might survive in order to help in the short term uh, some very specific uh, characters that need your help. And I was like, well, if I lie here, I can bring them in and then attack them there. Right. And then I'll have all these people on my side. And I think I've set myself up where I'm going to be in trouble because I am now going down the wrong path. And by the time I go back to the other location where I'm hoping I can kill the person I should have killed right then, uh, I will be a bad guy. And I don't want to be the bad guy in this story. Never want to be the bad guy. Well, sometimes I do. Okay. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite uh, AD&D characters was Killer George, who was an assassin. Killer George. I love the Killer name. Killer George. Uh, you'd, never, you'd never know his, uh, his motivation. That he's an assassin. Yeah. <laughs> With a name like that. So, so what about World of War? Is that you were saying you're emerging that in with the world of Warcraft? Yeah, just the game mechanics and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and then the graphics. Uh, world, of Craft, world of Warcraft this year, um, I think, is starting to turn back onto some good gaming stuff. And okay. they, they announced coming up like a three or four set of advance of 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 upgrades or mm-hmm. expansions that are coming up and uh i'm excited to see what happens i hope they give me another year to finish up playing all the stuff in the current expansion with all my different characters because i have way too many of them and mm-hmm. i want them all to be maxed out <laughs> before the next expansion uh, and i'm not quite there yet but i think Baldur's Gate is going to mess with that because i gotta play some more Baldur's Gate. <laughs> i i've not played as much Baldur's Gate as I expected or intended or planned, um, and I and I, I was thinking about my how my gaming experience this year, video gaming experience, has been really really split between devices, and that that shouldn't be a bad thing and isn't a bad thing. It does mean that uh, we were talking about this before we started recording. Um, it somewhat frustrates me that I can't see all of the things I've done, played, achieved in games in one place. There used to be a website. There is a website called True Achievements. It used to do that across platforms as best it could. And finally, it's kind of just coalesced down to just being an Xbox tracking site, which is fine. Um, As I think other platforms made it more difficult to to track or whatever. And I know that, for example, on Steam, you you have to have a public profile or things like that to to do these things. Um, Some of the platforms I'm using, uh, Playdate specifically just don't let you don't have achievements or they don't go online or they don't do those kinds of things. Um, other game platforms I'm using, retro type platforms or retro games on the Steam Deck, let you, you do this retro achievement thing that we, I think we've spoken about in, in past shows. So I've been this year, my gaming has been I got my Playdate middle of the year, which is super fun, little, little device. Um, I got I've got the Steam Deck, uh, which I'm absolutely loving. I've got uh, I've got a few retro, a number of different retro devices, um, including one which I've just got uh, called the Mayu Mini Plus, which basically looks like a uh, a Game Boy with a gigantic, nice uh, screen that runs any of almost any of the retro arch type things, and you run uh, all of the old game ROMs on there. Um, I've got obviously my phone, um, which is a casual gaming thing. If I'm on a public transport or something, I've got the Xbox, although I've spent a lot less time on the Xbox because there's only one of those in the house. So any Xbox gaming I do tends to be through the cloud gaming. So I tend not to play <laughs> the brand new AAA titles I have played. I got my Xbox year in review and my Steam year in review. 
Um, my Xbox here in review shows that my highlights were um, pretty much Street Fighter VI, which I played a lot when it came out. I've always been a big Street Fighter fan, really enjoyed Street Fighter VI, liked the open-worldy bit where you can kind of explore a little bit and meet different fighters in different countries. I found that mechanic quite interesting. I also played a bunch of sort of more smaller games on there, like indie games like Chicory, uh, played the 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 Ninja Turtles reboot type or re uh, Shredder's Revenge it's called, um, which uh, is kind of back to the '90s version arcade versions of the of the games. Uh, played a game called Dordoin, which was a really pretty beautiful uh, <laughs> one. Um, played some of the some of Jedi Survivor, but not very much because I got distracted uh, on on the Xbox this year. Um, it's showing me that my top gameplay month. The Xbox was June, which was before I got the uh, Playdate, and also um, before I got into some <laughs> of the that. games. Some of the games I got more into on the Steam Deck. Um, if I look across at the Steam Deck, uh, twenty-nine games played, apparently. Uh, Seventy achievements unlocked. Um, Dave the Diver is the one that I played the most. I, I just have loved that game. It's got so many different sub-game mechanics in it. Um, they've just released a DLC for it, which uh, is a crossover with another game called Dredge, which is another uh, Steam Deck hit or, or, or PC gaming hit this year, I think. I haven't played it. I, it's been on my list to look into, but I haven't played Dredge. But there's a, I, I want to know about Pineapple on Pizza. Oh, my God. So there's a few I, I want to know about this game. <laughs> so there's a few games that I've also been playing. Um some some very silly ones, and the first one is Pineapple on Pizza, which was I think a freebie um, in the Steam store, and I can't remember how I came across it. Even possibly if it was free at some point, I downloaded it, and it's really funny, really weird. You're basically exploring a some kind of I don't know Pacific island with a bunch of islanders. There's some silly music playing. They're all just very stylized. Uh, characters doing some little dance uh the achievements are very kind of um just explore exploration based have you met this this these people doing this thing have you stood on this point in the island those kind of things in the middle of the island is a is a volcano uh if you go up the volcano and somehow trigger the volcano then uh other things happen uh it's a very silly very short game uh it's almost it's a, a good it's game almost to have. A tech it's almost a tech demo really another very silly game which i found myself playing for ridiculous amounts of time just because it's silly is called placid plastic duck simulator which is uh <laughs> it's another sort of unity based um demo almost a technology demo it's just uh you, you kind of only have control over the camera really you've got a few viewpoints you can and of fly around this holiday resort with plastic ducks that drop into a pool every every now and then. Uh, and uh, the, the ducks have got different characteristics. So some of them are, you know, regular yellow plastic rubber ducks. Uh, and then they there's a variety of holiday-themed ones. So there's a gingerbread duck and a Santa duck and those kind of things. There's a concrete duck that would it falls into the pool, just plummets to the bottom of the pool and doesn't move, <laughs> just lies on its side. Um, I think that's great. There's a duck with a little um, a little uh, nougla beanie with the little uh, 
thing on its head so it can fly. If you click on it, it starts flying out of the pool. Uh, it's just silly, um, but it's kind of relaxing. It's, it's, I think sometimes but, you really need those types of games. Yeah. Right? You just need... I, it, it, it's even more than it's it's more casual than a casual game in the sense that it's a total stress reducer. Yeah, you don't need to do anything. You can just enjoy the what you're looking at. Um yeah. I definitely and I've said this on the show before, I've definitely found myself gravitating towards games that have different graphics in some artistic form or style. So there's a wonderful beautiful game called Blanc um which uh has just got the most incredible uh, hand-drawn animation art style, um, which I, I played a little bit this year. Um, it's again, it's about eight dollars on Steam, I think, at the moment. Um, it's it can be a two-player. It's 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 just the art style, the music, the it's just I, I just remember just playing this game and you you, you playing a. Uh, a wolf cub and a fawn and traveling through this snowy landscape. Um, I, I just find myself really exploring those kind of things going in completely the opposite direction. But again, in the casual gaming spaces, vampire survivors, which has been around for a couple of years now, um, that's an absolute blast to sit down and just play for five minutes at a time. But then it has that one more go factor, um, mm -hmm. which, uh, which definitely um, drew me in this year. I want to just very, very briefly go back to Playdate. Um, the thing that I'm still frustrated about with the Playdate is that it doesn't <laughs> have Bluetooth audio because I don't car carry around a pair of 3.5 mil jacked um, headphones, headphones most of the time. Yeah. And a lot of the games do strongly rely on um, audio, I think, in terms of like the engagement. It's also a little too small for my aging eyes sometimes. But just the mechanic of having the crank, like anything Panic and uh, Teenage Engineering does, it has a a very distinct look and feel, a very distinct set of joyful things involved. You know, the 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 new game animation where a little pair of robot arms come and pull open a, a, a gift wrapped gift on your home screen um, is is fun. There's a game that I just downloaded for it. Do you remember a game called Pipe Mania about 20 years, 30 years ago? It's basically a game where you got a... You built uh, a, a water you, you flow, had a grid right? of, you Yeah, you have, a grid of, you have a grid of, uh, of parts that are a bit bits of pipes and they're all in different directions yeah. and you've got to get the, the water from one end or the slime, I think as yeah. it was, one into the other and you've got to move all the pipes. It's just that game. Uh, and it really just it, it's, feels really at home on the play date. It's graphically simple. Um it's a quick little thing to play very, very easily. Um, it's even more pocketable than my tiny sub Game Boy, you know, thing that I've just picked up. Um, it's, and it is just a games device. You know, okay, they've got a couple of music, music programs, sampling programs, but it is just, it's, it's reason is for you to play. It's not something that also has a full desktop environment like the Steam Deck or also right. can be a media streaming device like the Xbox or, um, you know, other things. It's not an, it's, it, it goes online to get your new games down, but that's it. It's not a social network. It's not all these other things. It really focuses your attention. Um, Which is wonderful. It, it can be, you know, I think a lot of people, not all of these devices are things for everyone, I think. And the thing that we haven't talked about, 
and we're running up to the end of the show is 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 the VR piece of uh, of everything the uh, the the VR elephant in the room which I've got I've done spent a lot more time with my quest uh, on uh, quest two on in the last uh, couple of months I know uh, some of our uh, fans of our show Epred has got his uh, quest three and forty eight other different VR headsets that he spends his time <laughs> switching between. And I know you are very excited about what the Vision Pro is going to bring to the table I this am. coming year. So um, I think given that we're a, po- a podcast that started on the premise of gaming technology and work and how all of these things come together and have always been interested in augmented reality, VR, XR, whichever way we, you spin it, I think that is definitely something to be excited about in 2024. Yeah, I think 2024, I think, hope will be the year that we start seeing unique and valuable experiences in AR and VR beyond just the traditional, it's just a Beat Saber game or it's, it's just, you know, um, a purely work thing for dealing with, uh, modeling. Right. I I find it interesting though, that you say, oh, it's just a Beat Saber game. I mean, that whole thing didn't really exist before these things I know. were around, right? I know, so, I know, but, I know. It's become well, we had, or, we had uh, Guitar Hero, though. We had Guitar Hero. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Which was right. kind of the same thing, Yeah, but totally different. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, and I've been reading this book. Uh, it's a 10-year-old, 9-year-old book now called uh, 100 Ideas That Change the Web. And one of those I found really interesting um, is VR, uh, or actually... Yeah. Uh, XR, I think, is the. I need to find the reference in my Kindle notes, but um, it actually said, and I highlighted this in my Kindle. It said uh, that this wasn't this. Given that this pub book was published in 2014, I believe uh, it was saying, you know, this wasn't really on anybody's radar until Apple brought, or wasn't really popular until Apple brought out the iPhone. Yeah, and I thought that's really interesting and a really interesting way of looking at this in time 2014 seven years after the iphone had come out and yet nine years away from where we are today and they were saying that apple popularized this stuff and now we're just about to step into the spatial computing apple version of vr world or ar world um it's going to be interesting to see what comes this year there's loads of loads and loads i mean i could talk to you and reminisce about the past in gaming and, the fe- and talk about the future in gaming for, for lots and lots of hours. But um, well, the, we're good going to have to wrap up. The good news is our listeners have a whole year coming up of 2024. That's this year to talk what? about this stuff with us. Wow. We, you mean we're going to so. keep talking about this? Probably. Huh. <laughs> so how, how can they reach out and talk to us about this? Well, we are on the 30-verse uh, at uh, gamesatwork underscore biz at botsin.space. Uh, we are at gamesandwork.biz, which is our home on the web. And uh, you can find the three co-hosts uh, all individually as well in, in different places on the on the interwebs and onlines. So, yeah, do, uh, do let us know what you think. We love to hear your thoughts on our shows and on the stuff we talk about and what we might have missed. Yeah. Well, happy new year, everyone. Happy 2024, and uh, we will see ya. Bye. You've been listening to GamesAtWork.biz, the podcast about gaming technology and play. We are part of the Blueberry Podcasting Network. 
and would like to thank the band Random Encounters for their song, Big Blue. You can follow us on Twitter at gamesatwork_biz underscore biz or at our website at gamesatwork.biz. Music.